This is Ozarks at Large. Tracy Ray Manus is a sixth-generation Arkansan, a poet and a songwriter. Her latest album, Ozark Daughter, was released in late October. The album was a local effort, recorded at Red Barn Studios in Springdale and finished at Redbeard Sound in Siloam Springs. And it features contributions from several local musicians. Recently, Tracy and one of those musicians, mandolin player Ben Bergstrom, sat down with Ozarks at Large's Timothy Dennis inside the Furman Garner Performance Studio at KUAF to talk about the album and to perform a few songs just for us. So this song is called Tumbleweed. My lonesome tumbleweed mind can't find no place to rest so blow on cold wind blow my body weakens with yearning and a heart is over hard pressed chase me from the trouble I know Blow cold wind Blow
Okay, so let's just jump into this. Um, I guess, Tracy, start from the beginning. How did you first get into playing and writing music? I started writing music in college, so that's when I picked up guitar. I mean, everybody was playing guitar in college, so it just kind of felt like <laughs> the thing to do. But I love singing, and I've always loved singing since, I mean, I think the first time I sang in front of people, I was like five years old. So I've always loved singing, but I needed, you know, if I was going to write songs, I needed something. I wasn't a pianist, so I needed a guitar. I actually, the first stringed instrument I got, it was a gift from my parents, was a mandolin. And for some reason, I thought the smaller was less intimidating. I don't know why, but... Smaller, but more strings. Yes, exactly. So I started writing songs in college. Like, if you're sitting down to write a song, how do you start versus how do you start with a poem? Well, so first of all, each one comes differently, I find. So if I'm, you know, playing guitar, I just kind of sit down and I start, like, playing, and then I start trying out lyrics over the chords. Mm -hmm. And I just try out lyrics until it works. (laughs) So it's just, I think there's a lot of trial and error in this. For me, there is trying something. If it doesn't work, try something else. Yeah. As we were talking earlier, you're a sixth generation Arkansan. Mm -hmm. Has that influenced or inspired your writing? For sure. Definitely poetry. A lot of my poetry is about kind of this area of the country and my family. So my University of Arkansas thesis, my graduate thesis, was called Shape Note Singing. Hmm. And that's in reference to my great-grandfather, Willie Manus. He went by Bill. But he would go around to these rural areas in Northwest Arkansas and teach shape note singing. So I reference great-grandparents a lot and my grandparents in poetry. With the music, it's kind of more about the sounds I'm going for. I mean, a lot of the sounds I'm going for are kind of like my grandparents' era, I guess, like 1930s, 1940s kind of feel. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, even a little earlier, 1920s. So I'm thinking about that a lot when I'm trying to evoke a mood in a song. Mm-hmm. If any of my songs can pass as like, oh, I think I've heard that before. That sounds like an old song. I would be like, yeah, that's awesome. Um, that made me feel great. I love dialect. Um, and colloquialisms and these kinds of things. And some of those appear both in poetry and in my songs as well. Okay. So you recently, back in October, came out with a new album, Ozark Daughter. Tell us a little bit about how how that album came together. Yeah, so in 2016 and 17, I went through a pretty big heartbreak. And I just had all these songs like in me. Like I just needed to write songs. It's funny because I... In my head and in my perfect world, you know, I would have already finished my first book of poems because I would have, 2014, finished the thesis, you know, over 2015, 16, 17, develop it into my first book or whatever. But after, you know, going through some hard stuff, I just really wanted to write songs. And that's where I, I gravitated towards. And just sort of the old forms, you know, like you'll hear on the album some bluesy stuff and some folky stuff and some bluegrassy almost stuff and... Appalachian, Ozarky, mountain stuff. And I gravitated to those old forms just because it felt right, you know? Yeah. yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you'd put out a couple albums before this one, mm-hmm. right? How, how was putting this album together different from previous efforts? My first album was Grayshore. And then I did Elegies. And then I did, in 2006, I released a five-song EP those first two albums, I worked with Brock Siemens, who's a guy that 
if it weren't for him, I probably wouldn't be recording because I think both of us got our feet wet in that world. You know, he was studying engineering, sound engineering, and he had access to some recording equipment. So we just went in the studio and we spent hours and hours just, you know, making music and thinking about the textures of songs and like feel the recording and playing with mics and all that stuff. I had a very luxurious beginning of recording. I was like, it's all the time in the world. Like, it doesn't matter, you know. And then the five-song EP, 58 Trans Star Deluxe, that was released in 2006, we recorded in one day, just, like, live. And that was a lot. Actually, that day was a long day, but it was really good. And it worked, and I'm happy with it. And then this album, so Ozark Daughter, 2021... It's time. The time has come. It's time for some new music. But we worked with Jason Miller at Red Barn Studio in Springdale. He's great. And so originally we had conceived of it as sort of a trio, just myself, Ben on mandolin and vocals, and then David Farley on dobro. That's how we had practiced. And I knew that that had to be the core of it. For whatever reason, just had to be the, the three of us. And then we went to the studio, and we actually recorded all of that live playing instruments and singing at the same time. And then we listened back to it and sort of decided, okay, maybe maybe we add some things. So it felt, it actually felt a little bit backwards, got it kind of inverted a little bit there, but I'm still, I'm really happy with how it turned out. I think COVID mm-hmm. definitely, I mean, uh, nobody wants to talk about COVID anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, but it definitely set us back. So I yeah. received the Artist 360 grant in 2019 and was hoping to release the record in 2020, like record it and release it. Mm. But then COVID happened, as we all know, and so 2020 was a wash, like nothing happened. There was, I don't think there was any recording, and so we had to pick it back up in 2021. Despite that, I feel like it's pretty cohesive. Like it feels to me like it all took place within the same amount of time. Mm. This album was also a collaboration of sorts. I mean, you got help from a lot of friends mm-hmm. in the community. How how did you convince people to be a part of this? <laughs> How'd you get them interested in being a part of it? Well, first of all, Ben Bergstrom and David Farley had been playing together a lot in the Sons of Otis Malone, which is mm-hmm. one of my favorite bands. So they they already had this synergy happening and this like way of relating musically to each other that was really special. And so I was just like, if I can tap into that, <laughs> then my album's going to be awesome. <laughs> and so we just started getting together at my house in my little bungalow and playing in the living room, and I thought it sounded really good. They, they just added so much to the songs. So the songs themselves are really quite simple, which is mostly intentional. <laughs> but it really needed some different textures, not just me, you know, singing and playing guitar. Yeah. So having them as part of it was necessary. I don't think I would have tried to record an album without them. And yeah, I mean, convincing them. <laughs> it didn't take any it didn't take any convincing. <laughs> I mean, we're all pals and have been playing music around each other and with each other for many years. So, when Tracy, you know, approached us with new songs, uh, it was there wasn't any convincing necessary. And we just thought they were really good songs. And, you know, things when we were playing together and arranging, it was kind of just shaping into things we were all really excited about and happy with. So it was, yeah, it was just really fun to be a part of it. I mean, and yeah, a couple of these songs we'd sort of played either in living rooms or in other scenarios, like all the way back to, I don't know, 2011, 13, that kind Greyhound of thing. Greyhound Bus, so specifically. That's some, the oldest. Some stuff that, yeah, I don't know. 
you already had some some history with and some some good vibes. So yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like you were coming into new songs that you'd never heard before and had to come up with oh, an I'd embellishment. Say many of them were brand new that we hadn't heard before. We were just as pleased with those as the ones we were familiar with. Yeah. yeah. How did you kind of find a sound that was complementary to these songs that were there, you know, coming in and adding your parts to it? Yeah, that's the magic of music and with folk music, like Tracy was saying, there are simple structures that you work within. And so in the simplicity, you just try to play. I try to approach with reservation uh, overall, just complementary sounds, you know. Um, I think the heart of the music are the songs, you know, the stories that are happening. So we just, I think David, I could speak for him too, and I, we both try to just kind of lay back, be complimentary to the songs, make pretty sounds, and uh, hope for the best. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Sit it out. (laughs) Yeah. So the album is out now. You released it in October. Mm -hmm. Um, Where where can people find it? Okay, so right now it is available for digital download at ozarkdaughter.com. It will be soon streaming everywhere, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera, and will be available like on Amazon and all the places, all the other places. I have CDs in the works right now, so I ordered them like last night. <laughs> so those are coming, and then I would like to cut some vinyl as well. I'll probably do a really small run of, of vinyl, but that's been a dream of mine is to have my own mm-hmm. vinyl record. So I think I'm going to have to do it. <laughs> well, it feels different to hold the music in your hand if it's a vinyl rather than a CD or anything else. For sure. It does feel substantial. I think you said that earlier. Like, it feels mm-hmm. like, yeah, really substantial. All right. Well, Tracy, Ben, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Oh, Tim, thanks you. very much. Of course. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Swing me high, swing me low. Tell me what is that you see When you turn those brown eyes on me There are things a man cannot know And sorrows a woman don't show Swing me high, swing me low Never care less where I go Only lead me on this dance floor to things said before I have seen a man change his mind swing me high swing me low never care less where I go only lead me on this dance floor to
questions about who I am and where I have been. Such things never mattered for dancing. And cowboy, I won't answer them. Such things never mattered for dancing. And cowboy, I won't answer. That was Tracy Ray Manus, vocals and guitar, and Ben Bergstrom, vocals and mandolin. The new album, Ozark Daughter, out now. You can find it and more about Tracy and her music at OzarkDaughter.com. While they were in the studio, they also performed another song. We'll hear that Sunday morning on Weekend Ozarks at Large. That's Sunday morning at 9 on KUAF.